Hi. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the stoop. It's Tasha and Jamila back again, trying to give you guys a little something. A little for stoop philosophy. A little stoop philosophy for it's cold outside. Yeah, the temperature has dropped here in Virginia, and we are Welcome. cold. Yeah, we're not happy about that. I mean, we're inside and warm, but but it's, you know, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. That's probably so, wrong. But, but I, I know. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's the remix. It's the remix. <laughs> it's the remix. Thick it, thick it, thick it, thick it. So we here now. We are here. Um, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to the stoop. Shouldn't have left you. Uh, a dope beat. Step two. Step two. <laughs> step two. Step two. Um, <laughs> you know, we 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 took a you know. Life has been life in us. Yeah. Um, That's what happens. We'll just use lifing instead of the F word. That's what happened when um, they uh, lied to you about what adulthood really is about. Lies. The All lies. the lies. All the lies. I, um, want, my, I want a refund. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask for this. I posted something the other day. This cannot be the adulthood that I was hoping I got too quickly. This is the ghetto. The- the ghetto the ghetto this is the ghetto and i would like out please yes i am I'm over it. My life. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good idea right <laughs> ayama come gentrify my life the price Thank is you. too damn high the rent is too the damn high, is too for you damn for the high. that's all i'm saying that is the only place i want gentrified right i need my life to be gentrified yes, thank you upgrade, so much please. Yes. Please. Thank you. I appreciate it. I would appreciate that. Get me out of the ghetto life. Uh, yes. The ghetto life is not for me. Thank you so much. I said I did not want to struggle. And Listen. I was not lying. Listen. That's part of the reason why I stayed in Virginia. It's to not struggle. Yes. I was like, I don't think struggle is part of my story. Huh? <laughs> like, I moved back to New York. This is because not what my ancestors died from. Uh, I, I moved back to New York because I wanted to have that experience of I should have done that. making it on my own, doing what I needed to do, all of those things. I was afraid of And that. when I was, you know, I, I, I got to it. the end of school, I was like, yeah, peace out. I'm going back to New York. You know, Virginia, you've been good to me, but I'm out. That and was the plan. Yeah. And I, I left plan. because I wanted to have a sense of uh, uh, struggle in my own way to be able to make my own way. So I made those decisions to go back to New York specifically to be able to find my own route, find my own tribe, find my own everything and not have the the the, the hominess. Like I have. Yo, oh, gosh. Not going back. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Not regret, but the hominess of what Virginia makes you feel like. It, I, it makes I, you a little comfortable. Right. But and people I realize always that. come back here, which is really funny. Yes, people me. even come back, people leave um, here i.e. Me. loudly. And they were like, fuck that shit. It's crazy here. Da, da, da. It's late, da, da. And then they sneak back in. Like, why don't you get back here? <laughs> I've been back for a few months. A few months? Where you been? <laughs> right. I had to sneak my ass back in because I couldn't like, let anybody know that, you know, exactly yeah, what you I said was, is exactly what happened. You'll be back. Sometimes I think it's like more spiritual than that. Like I feel like there's like a cultural connection for black people and it like brings us back here. Yes, and I think it's also the fact that when it, it would have been awesome to raise my kids in Brooklyn. Yeah. I think my kids would have been fine in oh, Brooklyn. Oh, kids would have been fine in Brooklyn. And my kids have a sense like when they're in Brooklyn and in New York in general that they have a sense of like a connection to it mm-hmm. and they they want to increase that connection when they go and I appreciate that for them but at the time when we were making the decision about where we wanted to raise our kids when we when I got pregnant originally with my first daughter it was kind of a conversation of all right do we want to raise them in New York or do we want them to be able to have yards and grass not that we couldn't get that in New York it was just, it just be the, a little bit 
Right. It was it wouldn't a, be as big as the yard. Right. It, it would have been a little bit, and it was kind of like, do we want to give them that experience initially, or can we move somewhere where they can have a little bit of a childhood, maybe like later on in life, move back to New York? Yeah. Kind of like on those kind of lines yeah. where we thought about it, how we wanted to do it. You know, would we end up back in New York, or would we end up close to New York that we could still come back and forth, like that kind yeah. of thing. So that was the kind of conversation that we had originally. And it was like, okay, you know what? Let's just go ahead and move back. Let's move to Virginia and, you know, figure it out from there. And if we ever get to the point where we're like, no, it's not working, we know we can always go back. Um, Because we both worked for the same big company in New York. And Mm -hmm. so it's like a a, a situation where if we needed to go back, we probably could go back there and we would be okay. But when would that happen or how that would occur? We didn't have a, a clear idea of that. That's fine. That's fine. So we kind of, you know, we we went through those kind of thought processes in regards to how we were going to make the decision to That's come so back. Of you. <laughs> so proud of you guys. And, and every week I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to New York. Like, I hate it here. See, if you lived in New York, I have places to stay. Right. <laughs> Not that hey, I don't hey. have parents. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we, we have places to stay, places to be, all of those things. It's just different. It's, just different. it's, it's different. Yes, it's, it's just true. Different. But, you know, when I go to New York, like, I I feel revived. Like, I feel more like myself when I'm in New York. I feel mm. more um, connected. I feel um, like I, I I open up, like, a different part of my brain when I'm in New York. And, and it's, it's right. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. It's like it's like a like a, a, a something that you kind of, like, tone down. You turn the mm-hmm. volume down a little bit. And then yeah. when I get to New York, I'm like, nope, got to turn that volume right back up because I'm ready. Because the volume in the city I'm is here. already loud. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. I'm back. I'm, this is home. I feel at home. Yo, what I want. Like, you know I come back and I'm like, dang, it's quiet here. Right. So quiet. Right. It's And, and that's, <laughs> for the longest time when I first moved to Virginia, that was the thing that got me, that made me the we, like I had the weirdest feeling about it. It's, it's because I, it, it feels that weird. Quiet, and then where are the hearing, people? Right, where are like, they going? Where's the noise? Why is everything I was closing? Used, right, like you close where's at what bodega? time? Right, like yo. <laughs> so like that kind of feeling for the longest time just made me just feel sick. Like oh, I can't. Uh, I'm gonna hate it here. But the I first time I went back, I couldn't sleep because it was so noisy. You re- you recognize the noise like, that you didn't even know uh, was noise before. There's noise until three or four o'clock. Like it does not go. <laughs> And that's the thing that I think that once I went the first time we moved here and I felt the quiet, it was too much. Then you got back and you were like, you noticed noises that never made All the noises. I was just up the first night. I was for a wedding and I was just like, how did I ever sleep here? I lived here for like 18 years. And you slept as a baby. I was fine because we were used to it. Because I was a baby, right? You slept like a baby, <laughs> like you felt like it, it's, it's that crazy. lulls you to sleep. Some people can't sleep without all that noise, right? And when I'm in New York, it takes me like the first night, maybe one or two times, the noise will get me, and then after no, that, I'm like, I'm back everything. at it. I'm bet I'm back at it now. I just need that little bit, and then I'm good. Just a little bit, just, just a little, little bit, bit, and I'm straight. Just, you know what I'm saying? But back to sleep, city. Yeah, Thank right. You, <laughs> Thank you, Brooklyn. And so I, I just make my um, I. Like now, like I feel like I need to be there now. Um, I think it's a good time for that. Yeah, it's like I'm. I just want to be home. You remind of who you are. Yeah, and, and I think, <laughs> and sometimes I just feel like I just need to go for like a week at a time and just sit, yeah. get the energy, get the 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 vibe right, get my my creativity up and things like you. that. Yes, I have. That's a lie. I need to go because I want to take like more pictures there of places and things like that. So I want to go. For a lot of different reasons, creativity wise, um, because I feel like sometimes here, because it's so quiet and things are not moving as fast that I feel like I get 
complacent with my creativity, complacent mm. with it slows my down. art. The pace is slow. Right. And I, I don't want to be slow and complacent with my art. I want to be able to move at a pace where I know that I can I like and that. not get too comfortable and not get too to to used to the quiet used to the slow that i'm not moving at a pace that makes sense to me makes sure makes sense so that's the thing that that's getting me right now so you know just trying to figure it out figure it out son you know but is... you know life been life in us life um, has been interesting oh my i don't even know where to start i've gotten to this point this week where i'm like i don't want to complain about anything anymore so i've been watching all these like spiritual videos on youtube so like, you know, like God is in you, da, 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 all this other stuff. So it's making me a better person. Lucky to the people who've been shitting on me. <laughs> I just don't have the energy this week. I'm like, mm, let's focus on me. Let me visualize my goals instead of visualizing killing you and like stabbing you in the eye. <laughs> God said, I for now. No, I'm saying <laughs> it's like, oh I, I don't want to hurt. No, I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, it's just realizing I was talking to my coworker today and I was like, um, People say you change and they are upset that you're not the person you were before that they could take advantage of. Yes. The people are, when people say you've changed, the idea is like, duh. Change. I'm supposed to grow. Duh. But I, I somehow I was like a year ago from now or from like October or whatever, I was in a deep depression and I was like dealing with the loss of a sister, the loss of a relationship, the loss of like moving. I had to move, like move my business, move my house. Like it was raining in my living room. So like I was in this great turnover point and I was not the person I'm usually. So like you're okay. You were okay with me being that lower vibration person that I was. But now that I'm like getting my shit back, you are not happy because I'm taking my stuff back. I'm taking my energy back. I'm taking whoever I was back and I'm not letting you walk over me and take advantage of me anymore. So, yeah, I've changed. Yeah, you have to. There's there's a stay there. No, but that benefits some people. Right. So and when people say things like (laughs) right, exactly, because I'm not happy. Right. There's people who who expect you to be who they've always known you to be. And never expect you to grow, learn, mature, um, come to enlightenment in certain areas and places in your life. And they expect this, 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 you, you to remain this exact same creature so that, same. so that they can treat you in a certain way and disrespect your, your new boundaries. Um, oh, I, I think boundaries that upset some people. The boundaries are the thing that pisses a lot of people I off. Was like, no, you cannot just dump your stuff on me. No, right. it's not okay to do. It. And I had to say it several times. And I was like, but you're you're my friend. You're the person I'm allowed to do this with. And I was like, no, no, no. After boundaries, the situations I've been through and how much they've torn me down, I don't feel I'm not okay with that. And this is where I am, where I am now. No, you're not allowed to do that. I think it hurt their feelings, but it I don't can. care. And the thing about it is it should hurt fair to me. Like, right. Being the person that like being an empath, being a giver, being the oldest sibling in my family, being like all of these like leader positions in my life. I just can't take more shit. Like when you get home or when you get to certain places, it's not fair. It's not. And then you have to pay attention to people who get upset at your boundaries Oh, I'm like, yo, that's, that's, level, a, that's a red fucking flag. It's a red flag that basically <laughs> like, says flag that, 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 ba- that boundary is where their respect for you ended. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if no. they cannot meet 
the the expectations of that boundary it means that they no longer meet the expectations of their respect for you so they they no longer respect you in that space they no longer respect you in that role they are not willing to allow you to grow so that particular upset that they feel at the boundary that you have established that's a them thing not a you thing. oh yeah 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 like they literally told me like but you're my friend you're supposed to take this shit from me and i was like right, nah, no nah. no you 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 start pissing <laughs> people off when you decide to have boundaries that they were used to jumping over no i mean when my boundaries mud all over my mats you, get right, out of here right when your boundaries start to stick that's when they get upset and all those things now my there's, a, there's some boundaries that have been crossed for me and usually what i do is and i said it a thousand times and i've said it online in memes and posts and things like that <laughs> subtly and not so subtly not, subtly and not so subtly <laughs> if you disrespect me or you disrespect my boundaries i'm going to always extract myself first you don't have to extract me. You don't got to push oh, me I away. Did that too. I will pull myself out of that situation because it no longer serves me and it no longer the serves the life that I want to lead. So don't worry about it. I will walk away. Oh, I am man. okay to walk away. And I am okay that you are not okay because when you start to realize that you were the issue in this situation, if you realize. I will be if you realize it, I will still be okay regardless oh, yeah, of yeah. you. I backed away from a few things and I realized like that's like my thing. Like I try to retreat to myself to think about and assess the situation. And they were, I was using my silence as protection as a lesson. They were using silence as a weapon. And right. I had to let them know that they probably ignored it. I don't think they're ever going to realize that, that they're the issue for that situation. But I was like, I got to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And that's always been, that's been like the current theme for me. Like I got to take care of me. I got to be sure I can take care of myself. And my I don't fa- have anybody else to depend on for that. Right, right. So, like, I got to take care of me. I can't ask my sister or my mother for anything. I can't. So, like, who's watching out for me? Me. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. do these things. It's not fair. If I get quiet and it's not that I'm, like, about to pounce. I think it made them nervous that I was quiet. And I was like, no, nah, I don't like what I'm seeing here. I'm not okay with the behavior that I'm observing. I'm not okay that people that we know are coming to me for advice. So now I got to deal with other stuff with that. And I was like, it's a lot. It's a lot to have to be that person and do listen to this stuff. And I don't really have the answers. But I got who's watching out for me? Mm-hmm. It's not you. <laughs> yeah, self-preservation is a thing. Like, I need to mm-hmm. protect me at all costs. And no matter what relationship I'm in. Oh, yeah, no. I must protect myself. I usually hate that phrase. Protect whatever I saw at all costs. And I'm like, ain't nobody doing that. Nobody's protecting everybody but me. I'm protecting me. Yeah, I have to protect myself at all costs in any relationship that I in, I'm in. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people take it as me being... Um, What's the word I want to say? Me being, you know, not social, not being, you know, out there, things no. like that. Because I have I have started to realize that people that I did have in my life were had this expectation of me that I did not have for myself. And when I did not meet their expectations, they felt like I was lacking something or I was... You didn't meet the version of you that they thought that you right, were. Right, this version of myself that they thought that I was or thought that I could be, they felt they you know, felt some you know type of way. that's the illusion that you made up. I right, can't like, live I up didn't to the make illusion. that version of me up. And like, <laughs> but you're someone different to everybody. 
So like right. I don't know which version you're carrying around, but I'm sorry. <laughs> well, for for me, I try to be the exact same person to everyone in the sense that but the way people interpret that right, is but, different. But, right, their interpretation is different than what I give. Yeah. And my the person that I am, I think translate across every type of relationship that I'm in, whether mm-hmm. it's professional or personal. Um, and I think that people get this idea of me, and I find it hilarious. That people get an idea of me and then they carry that idea of me without actually listening or being in the moment with me. They just automatically assume because of one, you know, <laughs> you know, we're we not finished with that part. Yeah, we, we finished with that? that part. We finished that part. I think we're going to get into like what we came to talk about. Jamila <laughs> and I had a conversation prior to starting um, talking and we're talking about the the things that creatives have to go through, the things that creatives have to walk through and and grind through and all of those things to kind of get their art out there, get their thoughts out there so people can hear and see and feel what they're trying to convey to the world. And um, we were just talking about like, you know, a little bit about like our journeys as creatives, our journeys as people who create, um, like what are the things that we know that we need and we need other people to understand about like our journey and what we're trying to, do and be and grow into and convey to the world the message that we want to give to the world and i just thought we forgot i wish people would stop saying they ain't ready for it yet (laughs) (laughs) it makes it it makes you seem like you're at a and it it might be at an elevated place above other people but there is there's an audience for your art right so for you to say that kind of like preempts people from wanting to it's hear or see yes, right. what you're doing. Right, and it comes right, off right, a bit right. arrogant. It's, yes, it does. Because I remember being a young creative back in the day trying to find like, a space. Are you ready for you yet? Right. Like trying to find a space and people are like, oh, they're not ready to hear that yet. They're not ready for that level. They're not at that level yet. And my thing is, if you don't give it to them, how, <laughs> how will they, they ever get there? Because you own it back. And that's the way I like to think about, especially like, you know, you and I met in a space that was cultivated in order for creatives to come and feel a place that they were understood and that they had a place where they could be vocal about their art, vocal about their things. Um, And I think that at that time we were, for me, I should say, I'm not gonna say everybody for me, it was what I needed at that time for me to feel okay with all of the things that I had created and had never shared before all of the things that I had been and, 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 and that I needed other people to see me in this way. Um, because prior to coming to versus, um, versus the open mic every Tuesday, Richmond, Virginia, Adis, uh, Ethiopian restaurant show starts at nine. Holla. At midnight. Ends at midnight. If you want to come through, we're there. Well, I haven't been, but we're there. I'll be there. Um, Jamila will be there right now. I have a little medical situation that makes it hard for me to go, but whatever. I'll be there. Um, Jamila will be there to greet you at the door Smiling. and be able to seat you. Um, Eric will seat you. Right. And, and, and Eric as well. Yes, correct, correct, correct. I can't leave the door. Um, I think that for me, um, at the time when I found Versus, I had come to a place where I had been hiding my work um, for a couple of years because I didn't have the outlet. Because when I was at Lincoln University, we had something called the Lion's Den at Lincoln University. I don't even know if it's still going now because 
Lincoln Lions. That's what we were. Okay. So That's it was fair. a Lions then. That's and fair. we had that. It would come, go Friday nights. It was like every other Friday night. Then it was every Friday night after a while. Um, that we would come share poetry, people would sing, people would like do their art, whatever it is that they wanted to share, they had that space to do it. And that was the first time that I felt okay in sharing my writing, my poetry, things like that. That was the first time I had ever felt that. And and then having to, you know, when I transferred to Virginia State, I had the situation where I didn't have that place and I was trying to figure out how to cultivate that space. Where do I need to be to make this thing work for me? And Virginia state was very fickle at the time about like poetry events and things like that. So it was kind of like, sometimes you would go to like your homeboy's room, your homegirl's mm-hmm. room and you would share in the room and everybody, you know, will big you up in the room, but it just seemed it like private it, was, affair. it was a private, <laughs> right? Exactly. Very, it was a, it was a very private affair. Close. And it was like kind of like yes. people who were like a close proximity to you that were able to, to hear you, see you, feel you in that space. And it was like, no, I want to sp- share this with like more people because I feel like I'm what I'm easy. writing. Right. What <laughs> I want I want people to, to hear me mm. and see me in a light other than what they have thought I was mm-hmm. or what I was able to do. And so it was it was very hard for me to to share. And then while I was at Virginia State, I started to dabble in different genres of 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 creativity. And it was hard for me to, like, find an outlet for this space, try to find an outlet for these this thing, these things that I was creating. And I, it, it took me some time to to recognize how to make this thing work for me. Um, at the time, my roommate had a had a laptop. I didn't have one, and I was literally handwriting all my stuff. That's the best way to do it sometimes. Right in the beginning, it was it was handwritten, and then she was like, "No, here's my laptop. Type it up." Because I would tell her, um, my roommate and I. Shout out to roommate. Hey, hey Erica. Um, me and roommate, we still that's my still my girl to this day. Um, like roommate was like, um one of the first people I shared like my writing with that wasn't somebody that knew I already did it, Mm -hmm. who wasn't already in my space and in my circle. And so when I started to share these, these at first started off as like short stories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, what I really want to turn them into is like screenplays and this and that. She was the first person that told me, do it. Go ahead. You got it. You know, I would love to see this on screen. I would love to see this, you know, in a, in a bigger platform. And she was like, like bigging me up. Like, yo, did you write anything else? Did you write anything else? And it was kind of one of those things where it was kind of like, damn, like she really believed like I could do this. And I was like, maybe I should start believing myself to be able to do this. It's a thing. Right. And then when I left Virginia state, I'm back in Richmond trying to figure out what my life is and trying to figure out what I want to do. And my friend Dana hooked me up with verses because she had gone to a show, but I, I did not know, like I told you before, and like a lot of people didn't know, I had actually been around a lot of the people who were at verses Mm -hmm. prior to verses in different aspects of like people doing ciphers at the crib Mm -hmm. and, you know, shout out to, um, Oh Lord, his mate a Johnny. A Johnny. Um, I had Johnny done. A, so I had cool. been to a cipher at his house. I think like one or two at his house. I had been to a cipher at Maya's house. Uh, I had been to 
um, a lot of different. I had been to Soul Kitchen when it was around when Lorna was doing that, mm-hmm. and I had been to these little things, and then I didn't know that everything had kind of evolved into same verses, people. and it was the same people. <laughs> so when I came to verses, it felt like, oh, I know, okay. I know this, I know this, I like I'm comfortable here, like I'm good, I know these people, I've been around these people before, so it's That's all dope. good. Um, and when I got there, initially I was. My anxiety got the best of me because at the at the time I did not have the verbiage to say I have anxiety. So I would do things like I would come like an hour before everybody got there. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit on the couch that was in the corner. Yes. And I would sit there couch for a little crew. while. Right. The couch crew. <laughs> and I would sit there for a little while trying to figure out like I would write. I would just absorb the energy of the space like you i wanted to the get energy there of the space get right. out of here a lot of it, I, I, and i didn't know i didn't know i didn't Mom know used to say that yeah. like we are creating the vibe like we will create this vibe and the thing is like i would come in and i would write have my headphones on whatever whatever and as people start trickling in it's like hey how you doing kind of thing and like it broke me out of that anxious kind of state because it was kind of like you don't want to be in a room with people that you know people that you connect with and mm-hmm. not have a conversation True. so for me if it actually connecting. right it, it <laughs> broke me out of that anxiety filled space of I don't know how to do this I don't know how to feel right now kind of thing and, and being scared to have conversation it broke me out of that thing and you know um, it allowed me to create a lot of work a lot of work a large body work there's still shit that nobody has ever even seen or heard that I wrote. There's still some shit that YouTube, like Yahoo, has erased and yo between me and you, like had so yo much stuff when I'm lost. yo when I moved <laughs> I back to New York, away, yo yo I know like me and Jay used to write each other emails oh throughout the day. It was all it was day. it was crazy like all day long. I had a horrible job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horrible desk job. Yeah. You had a horrible job. I had a job I liked, but it was kind of like they hadn't seen my potential yet. So I was kind of getting antsy. Like, but it was good for something. that. It yeah, let me yeah, be yeah, at a yeah. computer all day. Right. So, so me I can't and- become so upset. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jay used to write each other emails all day. And I would be like, I'll send Yo. a line of a poem that, hey, what do you think about this line? And Jay would be like, but what if you said this? What if it goes here? <laughs> and we would like literally Back bounce off each other for years. Day. We did this where we had... Like whole poems where we wrote together. That's where that Damn, shit is now. I forgot about that. In the ether. It's in the, it's in the air. <laughs> Hotmail has stolen my shit. Hotmail. Oh man, Hotmail. Hotmail has stolen my shit. I tried to log into that Hotmail. account one day and I was like, "Hey, oh. can I get the things from my email address oh my that was God. super dope?" I don't even my know. My email what address was like. How I do at hotmail.com. Was. Mine was Love That's Jam literally 77. Love Jam 77. Oh, was, was it Jam yours. I Am 77? No, no. I probably had both. Love Jam. It was Love yeah. Jam. And then, and no, you had Jam I Am too at I one think point. I had yes. Both. But how I do at hotmail.com. If you can find my shit, please send it to Bring me. Bring it back. Because, and, and some of the stuff I printed. So I, I think do. I found some stuff when I moved. And when I, I'm back again. We will uh, see. Yeah, we had like Jay and I used to write poems together. Um, there was another young guy I, that I, I used to I write poems that. with as well. Um, and it was actually a couple dudes that I used to write poems. Like we used to write poems like a. She said this. He mm-hmm. said this kind of poems. Oh, like, like we have a lot of those. I have a couple writers that I did that with. I had 
you know, a couple of people like I used to go to like a couple Collab. of yeah, of course, collaborations. I used to go to a lot of poetry events, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Like I would go do my thing, come back. Man. You know what I mean? I did that for years. That's after Love Jones. Yeah, it was a different, <laughs> it's a different vibe. Like it's a different vibe then with like the spoken word, like burgeoning and like. Um, deaf poetry and all of that other stuff because we auditioned for deaf poetry. We, de- we definitely auditioned for deaf poetry. Absolutely. But like after that Love Jones, we, like, we were living fucking Love Jones. We were, and, we're, and literally, and that's exactly the vibe that we had is that we were living that. Richmond it, Love Jones. It was a Richmond version of Love Jones, but <laughs> we had created this, this space for creatives to feel like they had somewhere to be, belong, and that is the the crux of how they were able to create more, be more, because they were able then to be like in a room. Like, oh, right. And it was competition. Right. And it competition. here if your stuff was not fire the next Right. And, and, yo, and, and think about it, it's after a while I started like, to be like, yo, what? I ain't going to spit another part. I ain't dog. saying nothing until I, saying I got something else. right. Right. And, 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 and I think that's where I started to like, that's be like, we, huh? <laughs> that's where we got better. I think. Yeah. I think our writing got better. And I think also at that point I realized, okay, I'm not a slam poet. Oh, I've no. never been a slam poet. I'm not going to be a slam poet. That's not my. That's not it's my not realm. That's not my my area I, of I expertise. Like it. It's yeah. cool, but it's never been the but thing. Competitive that, poetry is nah. not for me. Because I've been in slams. I've been. I've ever been in a slam. I've been in a slam. I've been in slams it. a couple of places in New York. <laughs> I had I had done my slams. I had been a part of slam competitions and things like that. And I realized that that wasn't for me. So I was cool to go to spots like Mumbles used to have a spot. I used to go to his spot um, that I would share. And then one day I went in his spot and the name I used to do my poems under was Phoenix Rising. And there was this dude that came in with the same name what? and had a whole like jacket with Phoenix Rising uh, on the back and stop. like all this shit. And I was like, yo, what the what? Yo, I've been Jack Rogers for all these years. Like, what are we talking about right now? And so I had got to the point where I was like, yeah, I I don't think I have the space I need to be all that I can be as a writer, Mm. as a poet. And this is not for me anymore. No, he really did. (laughs) And it was, and I'm in a spot, and mom was like, oh, you getting on the mic tonight? I was like, nah, dog, I'm good. Not today, I'm good. I'm good, dog. Mm -mm, I'm not doing that. And when the guy, and when he got up, he was. He was corny. I know he was corny. He was whack. Yo, he was so corny. And I, I he to me, back in the back of his closet. To me, he was corny. Way back when. And and I was like, nah, nah, so I'm good. I gotta find. <laughs> I gotta find the fit for me. And this is not <laughs> it right now, creatively. And I'm not able to to invest in the poetry world like I want to. Not that I stopped writing. I never stopped writing. I have shit that no one has ever seen. Um, but. I just feel like there were, I just didn't have that voice anymore. And I couldn't vocalize my thoughts via poetry anymore. So it got to a point where I even had a conversation with Lorna at one time and was like, yo, my genre is changing. Yeah, it's growth. And I I explained that to her and she was mad about it. Um, she was disappointed. I can't say mad. She was disappointed because she felt like she was like, no, you have a clear cut voice. You have things that you need to say. You know, you've come up here. You did your poetry at verses for so long. And I just can't see you going to something else. And that I was like, yo, I got to go to something else. because I got so much more that I need to say. So much more that I need to to give Long and so form. much more. Right. And I need to be <laughs> I needed to be seen in a different way. So at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm out. 
as far as performing at Versus anymore. I still work the door. I still well, set up. She was up. out for real. People I, were mad. Do that. Do purple. Was it purple? <laughs> yes. She was like, nah, we good. <laughs> like, and I would just laugh. I was like, she ain't doing that. She, she ain't doing yo, that Yo, that no damn more. purple poem killed me. <laughs> People and I think love that. Yo, that poem killed me in a way that I don't think anybody, like any work of mine has ever killed me. That poem killed me. In the sense you know that what? I was defined by that poem for so long. I'm defined by I hate that. But it rem- the thing is, people don't know that I got a second part to I hate I that. I totally forgot that. You know, everybody forget. I like, think I have a second part to it. Yeah, we we, we <laughs> remember we wrote it back to back. No, but I have like we, another like another one. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. Yes, <laughs> like yes. right after yes. we did it like once. Did we do it? Wow, once? I think we did it once. Wow. At Tropical Soul, yeah. I think we did. We might have. Yeah, I think we did. But it was one of those things where you wrote it and I had my rebuttal it was like, to it. Blah, here it is. And then it was like, oh, snap. And we did it like once. We might have been. Might have been. And it was one of those things where we were like, people need to know that there's like more, there's more. to this story and more to this line of thinking. I got to read that again because I have no clue. Yeah, we got to go back. I said one day we should just just drop it on them one time. Be like, boop. <laughs> like, oh, and then what? walk away. Drop the mic. Boop. Drop the mic. Done. We done, son. We done, son. We done. Done, done. done. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, as far as. He got the blue blockers. <laughs> he like somebody dead. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, husband. Hi, husband. <laughs> Hello, husband. I just saw those at the Walmart. That's why. <laughs> The blue blockers. <laughs> they work? Hey, I'm making fun of all the dads. It's all good. My dad, my good. brother tells dad jokes. You know, it's a thing. They look cool on you, though. <laughs> so, but yeah, so. um, What? No. Empty? Sorry, buddy. What? What? <laughs> You mad? Grow up, child. Whatever. Um. Anyway, back to our podcast. As my family has entered my house, all at the same time. Jeez, and now we have children everywhere. Um, Look, man. I don't even, child. Wait, how old are you? Like the disgust. Is it past your bedtime yet? No. Okay. Jeez. Um. But yeah, so um, J- Jay and I had this conversation, like I was saying previously, <laughs> that we had this conversation about being creatives and the things that creatives need. So we were trying to decipher or 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 um, muddle through the kind of things that creatives need in order to survive in this world. Yes. And f- not feel like a failure as a creative because creative spaces, one, are very necessary. Definitely. Above all rules, there need to be spaces f- for creatives. Um, there are um, co-working spaces. There are open mics and... and, and, and art spaces. Art spaces and galleries and, and, galleries and, and seminars. Fridays. And, and right, all right. And stuff. all these things that people can get their art out Um and I think that you need to find the space that fits you. You're not going to always find that space on the first run. Um, and the spaces that you do find on the first run may not be continue to be the fit later yeah. on when you've evolved or you have I've come up and with new fine. ways. And, and that's okay. And we just feel like there are some things that creatives need to know. Creatives need to you know build confidence on and know that they are not the 
not they're not alone in this you know uh world of trying to be a creative and also trying to have a you regular not life the only one there right. is nothing new under the sun. Every creative that I know has struggled with trying to be a creative in a world that tells you you need a nine to five and you need to have Screw stability that. of a nine to five in order to um, survive in this world. So don't you feel might like need a day gig or a side right. gig. And, right, right, right. And, and I read something the other day. Right, here. exactly. I read something the, the other day that costs. says um, entrepreneurs are not actually entrepreneurs until you quit your nine to five. And I thought about that thing and I felt like, (laughs) you know, I felt like um, the, the, the idea is fine. Yeah. But there are creative spaces or there are things that creatives need to do to get to a place where they can do that. Um, And it's fine to have a job. Right. Really get like this current culture is like, oh, you got a job. You should be you know, an entrepreneur. That's hard. Entrepreneurship ain't it's easy. It's not easy. Right. I have a photography business. Jay is a, is a massage therapist and we both still have jobs I like outside of those things. Yeah. I'm really trying to have seven streams of income, but I'm also always stressed about, I got to take care of me and I'm responsible for all of this stuff. Right. So, and, and the life of a creative is that you know that monetarily your money is not guaranteed every Heck two weeks, no. the first and the 15th, so you're not going to get a check. Sure. So, you know, being a creative and being somebody that um being somebody that that wants to work in the realm of 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 entrepreneurship, you have to know that that's not going to always be how it is carried and how it is 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 going to be received that's either. If you want to live off your art. Right. Like it is fine to have a job and do your art as your side hustle, your side gig or whatever keeps you happy. Mm-hmm. Like my sister could have got into SCAD and instead went to VCU and got a business degree. And then she draws because it makes her happy. She did not want it to be something that was going to be required of her. Required There's and something that, because it's, it's there, there's a freedom in creating yeah. on your own time. Without and, a demand. Right. The demand of everyone else telling you what it should be and how it should be and deadlines and all the things. Like, That's what I, I mean totally get it. It's like, it's okay for you not to monetize your gift that, you know, and right. like that. It's okay. Right. And that's the thing for me. I have, initially when I did poetry, it was never about monetization of the gift and the craft. Money off my poetry. And I think that once it got oh, no, to the I point where books. people were making money off of it, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Because I was like, and, what? And like, <laughs> you know, like when deaf poetry came it was kind of like yo we've been living this life for all these years Mm -hmm. and then deaf poetry comes along and then you have people literally breaking their neck to get on the show and then when deaf poetry on broadway came out i went to go see it because it was a a gift from my cousin michelle Mm she um got me tickets to it it was beautiful it was necessary it was available it was uh um um palpable it was tangible it was yeah it was was palpable it was all of these things at the time and then after that it seemed like that's when people who were traveling around doing shows for free Mm. all of a sudden they had like oh you gotta pay me xyz you gotta pay me to do it it. and then it was kind of like yes okay i understand you want to monetize i get that and I get that you need to be paid for your art and your craft because your food costs, food costs and rent <laughs> costs. And I, I got all of those things, but it got to the point where people who were not that good were out here charging Man. people. And it was kind of like, go look at each other. Like what is happening here? <laughs> like, like I paid for this or you would go places and you would hear a poem that you had heard before. Right. Oh, 
my gosh. We will all be in the back of the room like, so does the, did, they, did they know this person comes through here often? Like, and you're using the same intonation. You're talking yes. about this is a poem about your uncle. <laughs> you are a liar. Yo, like there were so many flattering. people who flattering. would like <laughs> literally hijack other people's poems totally. and tell it with a different story. And people would generally believe this story and generally believe that these people were doing this. And Absolutely. I was like, more than a few of our friends. Right. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, what? Mm-hmm. Are you sick? What? We were like wow. in the back of the room, like, so did y'all notice that he sounds like so and so? Right, like, yo, same inflection of <laughs> same the voice, everything. And it should be like, bro, like, are you serious? Like, you do know we know who wrote this poem. Like, it, it happened that first a couple times. People. Like, yo, people would get on the mic, do the poem, and we walk to the side and be like, yo, hey, hey, we know exactly who wrote that poem, yo. Oh, you didn't think that we knew them. We do know they them. They never came back. I never and all of a sudden, again. people disappeared. And they would go to like again. other poetry joints. They would go other across the poem. country and do that right. stuff. And they would, right, California. And we would still find, all out, we still find out that she was doing other people's poems. Like, Bro, let me like, get on the horn and let somebody some yo, know. we know what's going on. This, just so like, you know. You can create your own stuff. It's fine. So, so that was one of the things that like, at, and at that time when that started happening and everything, I just felt like this ain't the place for me anymore but it was hard for me to find a creative space to do Imposters. what my next step was and for me my next step was screenwriting one i didn't know how to do it two i didn't know anybody else that did it three i didn't know like once i did it where to go with it from there mm. and it was one of those things like it was a long time before i started to feel like all right, I got a hang of it. And part of how I did that was I would go to like 42nd Street, 34th Street on the side of the road, on the side of the street, really. And they would have like people who sold like screenplays. Yeah, that's the for Like for movies you. that had already come you out, things like find that. A screenplay on so the side I of the would. In Richmond. <laughs> man, listen. I'm in New York and I'm trying to figure it all out, trying to figure out how to that do it. Dope, and at though. the time, I was like, I, I, I need to find a way to make. I didn't go to film school. I didn't do all of those things. Yeah, so how do I write this genre that I know these stories that I have in my head that I play over, over and over again? How can I get them on paper? And at the time, it was people inside the road selling these screenplays. And I would buy, they'd be like 5 to $10 per screenplay. Oh, wow. And I would buy these screenplays and I would read them and I would watch like the blocking and watch like the fade and the and the the tertiary things going on in the background that most people don't know that when you read a script, there's a lot of things that, or on the script that does not pertain to the lines that you're speaking. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, the time of day that the thing is happening, the the, the scene. scenes that are happening, like the setup for the scenes, like all of the things like um she could say, Johnny, you hurt my feelings, and then the next thing on the page would be Johnny looks at her and says, or Johnny looks at her, rolls his eyes and turns his back. <laughs> that kind of thing that you don't Direction. know it's in a in, in a in a screenplay script. Like you don't know those things are there, but those things make a difference and um, some of the things that I would read, I would buy a screenplay, buy the DVD, and literally go through the movie oh, wow. with the DVD and the screenplay like next to each other and going, That's dope. okay, so the screenplay says he was to do this, what but he did this, but what made him feel like he could do that? What made him feel mm. like that was necessary for this part of the story? And that's when improvisation started to come to me. Mm. So I started to go to like, um, I went to a couple like improv clubs to watch people like how they would do an improv lesson. Mm-hmm. I went to like an acting class at one point and they looked at how they improv, homework. things like that. 
I didn't have the formal training, but I needed to but find a, a genre, a, a way to find this way and find my way into this genre it's that it was authentic for me. I like it. And like I told Jay, like I, I'm one of those people who I would buy a DVD and you know, on the bottom part of the DVD where it has like bonus stuff or bonus, you know, scenes or bonus, whatever I would watch those things inside the bonus part. There would always be a part that says like director's cut. I, have, I swear I still haven't seen I keep, and j- she doesn't believe me, but I like she doesn't recall, she doesn't recall these things. No. I'm trying to tell you, most of them have them there. It wasn't for me. Apparently. And so what I, w- <laughs> <laughs> like, what I would do learn. is I would take those director's cuts and bas- um, cut scenes and like um, scene setups and like they would name them different things. And I would literally look at DVDs and look through that. And a lot of the times what I would do is try to go find the, 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 uh, the screenplay itself, go to the director's cut and look at the director's cut of the screen. Mm. Why they did this type of blocking, why they changed this thing, why they made this thing this way. And I would literally rewind, play, rewind, play wow. to get it over and over again to make it make sense for me. And there was things that I, right. And and you got to study your craft and we're going to give y'all a couple of rules in about two seconds about the things that we think that creators need to do in order for them to find one, a space for them, find, you know, how to not feel crazy in trying to be a creative. Being a creative is hard. Being a creative is, is, is intuitive. It's one of those things that's just in you. You are that thing. But how do you, how do you not allow yourself to be swallowed up by the expectations of the world and the expectations of your craft? Because, you know, there's some people who will make a movie and you won't hear from them for 10 years. Mm. Why? Because, they don't want to be swallowed up by the Hollywood thing and they don't want to be put in a box. Um, and like Ava DuVernay is one of those people to me that you can't put her in a box because she's mm-hmm. directed so many different types of oh, movies definitely. and she's been in so many different types of elements of the business that she has this acumen that is different from everyone else's and she sees the world from a different way and from different angles that most people can't appreciate so that's why i i appreciate her thought processes and i pay attention to the things that she says because it's like oh didn't think about it like that oh okay got it one of those things like and then some of the things like i'll say it to myself and then i'll hear her say this is what i had the thought of and i'm like see same wavelength got it you know what i'm saying so she's one of the 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 directors that i look to as far as like you know not formulating myself toward but i want to to be right to learn and glean and get those things that i that i might be missing and things that you know kind of like fortify what i already know and not make me feel like you know i i'm i'm off the mark no you are not a fraud so um we're gonna give you guys eight rules um for creatives and I want you to think about them, not necessarily, you know, hop on the boat with us. But these are just things that just based on our creative lives that we have that we are have lived, have lived, are living, will live that we feel are most important for you to understand in order for you to understand the life of a creative and understand that you are not alone in this. There are millions of us in this way and in this realm and think this mm-hmm. way. And we just want to make it a little bit easier for you guys to get it got it good all right so (laughs) rule number one number one you will have crazy horrible illogical ideas embrace the crazy embrace it 
I think it takes someone who who sees the world differently to be a creative. That is why you are a creative, I think. Because you don't see things the same way everybody else does. It takes a little bit of crazy. So embrace it. It's who you are. This is why great things happen. I think for people who are creatives, you'll have an idea. It'll sound good in your head. Pause. (laughs) Give yourself the time to think that shit through. (laughs) Because sometimes it's just not a good idea. And sometimes you don't realize that somebody has already had that idea, has cultivated it and made it a thing. And now you have to figure out, okay, they made this a thing. What else can I add to that thing to make it my own? What can I bring that's that's authentically the voice that I want to be heard? That's true. So you have to allow yourself the, uh, the wiggle room yeah. and the grace to have these horrible ideas. Um, but you have to get those out. Yeah, you have to get the horrible ideas out. That's people th- who got great ideas. You didn't, you didn't become Ava DuVernay like today. Right. Like you, The she, horrible ideas came she first. She watched and learned and she t- saw the right, same way. Right, so, right. No. And the thing about it is, is that you also have to find a niche that works for you yes. initially. You don't want to be You're a niche creative, up. but you also want to be somebody that creates in space, that can create in a lot of different spaces. Yeah. And sometimes you just... Finding that initial niche to get you in the door and then it starts to open your eyes to other things. So having the horrible ideas, having the illogical ideas. Quote, unquote, horrible. So quote, sometimes. unquote. Yes, absolutely. They're not, not horrible. They just haven't grown up yet. Sometimes. Right. Exactly. They haven't been, they have not been fully fleshed yeah, out, yeah. fully processed, fully thought through. I think even the bad ideas can, if you come. All right, so here we okay, we're back. All right, we're just gonna have to edit that out. Okay, that's all right. So that was the first rule. Yes. Um, second rule is um, believe in your creativity day in and day out. Yes. You gotta believe in yourself. Somebody has to believe in you. Nobody's gonna ever be a fan of you off top. Don't ever expect to get fans. Or <laughs> and not even your mama, not, not even, even your, your mama. Yeah, that's true. Not even your mama, because my mama was not a fan of my writing for a very long time. She kept. See, my mom's. She was hypercritical of my writing. <laughs> your mom, yes, my, my mom, mom was raised by creatives, so that's different. And the thing is, my mom was my mom was creative in a different way. Well, I know I'm so weird. She did, yeah, she did. <laughs> Just people are like, are you different? I'm like, I know. I was raised by an artist and a dancer and a, a writer. I, I know. I just know. Yeah, my mom. My mom was hypercritical <laughs> like... of my writing because I started writing when I was about eleven, mm-hmm. and I would write these things, and I would be so passionate about what I wrote and show it she to my mom, it. and she was like, um, ill-informed idea, oh, go back to this, do I this. I didn't ask you to edit. Fully like she, and that's what she would do. My mom's an editor, too. Right. Which is a problem. And my mom, my mom <laughs> would say things like that that make me feel like, <laughs> yo, I literally gave you like a lot of myself in this thing. And you thing. just shit it all and over you sh- it. Right. And I used to be like, I'm not showing her shit. I'm not showing her All over else. my feelings. So what I would do is I used to get these notebooks and just write and write and write and write and just never show her anything. Oh, and you know what I found out one day? One day I went to, I got into a an honors level creative writing class in high school. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
because you had to submit like a portfolio to get into the class. So I submitted this portfolio and I was told, oh, you're such a great writer. Um, We're just going to hone these skills. We're going to give you all these other skills to help you get to where you need to be. All these things. And I told her I was so excited about getting into class. And then like I would show her like the things that I was working on in class. She'd be like, oh, I don't know why she told me that was good. That wasn't good. Oh, why you hate her though? I literally be like, ma, really? That's That's crazy. So that's why I stopped showing my mom. Stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. And so um, she's never been impressed by anything that I wrote. She's never been like, oh, that's great. Oh, gosh. Um, until I got like in my 20s and I would write these things. She'd be like, oh, that was so good. That was really good. It's really good. And, I, mm. and the thing changed. about things that I was writing back then, it wasn't, they weren't horrible. They were just like based on what my knowledge right. of the world was this at what that you should time. Do. And I think for her, she felt it was ill-informed because I wasn't to the level where she was or where she thought I should be what? intellectually and, and knowing here. about the political and, you know, landscape oh, and all these things. And I was just basically telling the stories from where I was at that time. Which is what's needed. It's a voice. Right. And then I think I was about 23, 24-ish. And my mom asked me to write a poem for something that she was doing. I wrote the <laughs> poem and... It was published in this thing, and I was like, uh-oh. Oh, wow. And then I got published in Who's Who of Poetry in, ni- in 1990. No. Something. No. 19. 2003. 2003. Oh, wow. I got published in that, and then my mom, I think my mom took it seriously after that point. <laughs> She's West Indian. My mom was like, oh, they noticed your work. Oh, oh, okay. Now I could pay attention to yeah, it. And that, well, that's to, how I um, felt. I'm not Tobey saying that she did right. like, He's doing music. He's like, oh, once his mom saw that, oh, people are paying you and like your people know who you are. Then they were like, oh, okay. Right. Now we'll accept this. And now it was terrible. <laughs> but that's how it was. And I felt like, you know, I even through all somebody. of that, okay. I had to like develop this this sense of i gotta believe in what i'm writing believe in what i'm doing believe that this creativity was given to me for a reason to tell a a specific story to tell a specific viewpoint and i need to be able to say these things how i need to say them without feeling like i had to impress her and impress other people yeah i don't write for other people i write for myself and that's the thing that and I, i i when i first started writing poetry it was more like because other people were going to hear it. Yeah. Then I started writing it for using my own feelings and mm-hmm. my own thoughts and my own everything about it. And that's what made me feel like, okay, yes, I'm writing this thing. It's not because I want you to feel a way. This is my feelings. And if you feel a way and you connect to it, and that so means that we're not, we're not on this journey alone. Right. And, and that's how I got to a point in poetry where I felt like, you know, I don't care what everybody else say. This is what I felt. This is how I felt that day when I wrote it. And this is my process in writing it. I don't care what y'all say. And it's done. Right. <laughs> um, so that's how, that's one thing. You got to believe in what you're writing to, despite the haters, despite the people that tell you they're trash. There's people that are in the poetry world that I've known for a very long time that I am not impressed with anything that they write. Oh, man. And I don't say that to them, but I'm no. not impressed. No. I'm not. It's not something that goes, oh, man, they they were horrible. No, it's kind of like I'm just not impressed. I don't yeah. care. To, I don't care to be a part of it. I don't care to listen to it um, because I know some of it is coming from a performance standpoint right. more than a feeling standpoint. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so I don't care for the performance of poetry. I care for people that are actually willing to be vulnerable because to me, 
poetry is vulnerability yeah. completely opening your your whole self up to somebody and saying these are my feelings these are my thoughts Blow. i'm not okay with these things i'm okay with these things and i need you to be okay with all of it mm-hmm. that's what poetry is to me um so yeah so you know uh rule number two um believe in your creativity day in and day out despite the haters yes. um rule number three create something every chance you get um i'm one of those people that i write it if i don't like it i don't like it i just keep moving yeah i i have pages of like three lines Mm -hmm. never get past that three lines because i'm like i don't know where else to go with this thing um but then five years later i will go back to them three lines like i needed that for this Because I was building to write this thing yeah. and I needed those three lines oh, to geez. finish this thing. I'll let the hibernation period sometimes. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I don't call it like writer's block. I'm like, oh, I'm hibernating. I'm just gathering details. Right. Details <laughs> and energy and details and information in order to make this thing yeah. real for, yeah. for me. Um, I think also I am guilty of <laughs> vocalizing poems in the shower. Oh man! And they will wash down the drain with everything else. And I get out, and I'm like, ah, it's gone after that, right? And that's why I used to be like, I gotta find a way to record myself in the shower because I have written some of the dopest poems in the shower. Said them out loud. They were the greatest. And then when the water went off, it was gone. There's nothing I could do about it. I can go by the river. Could you feel the same way? Yeah, water is one of those things that I need. I have a a deep seated desire to be near water i'm aquarius yeah that makes sense so um i have a deep seated need to be near water regularly i like to be like when in the summertime like i need to go like to the ocean to a lake something oh, to be around water like i have to do that thing i get that every year or it doesn't Some days feel I have right to be by water yeah Hopefully. i need to be by water by river sometimes i just be in the shower i just need to be near water and i don't know i don't know what that that thing is but it's, it's a thing inspiration inspiration <laughs> and you know i have written like i said some of the dopest poems in the shower i have been the deaf poet winner many a time yes. in that damn shower and then when i walk out that shower everything cute. is gone don't even remember one line <laughs> mad at myself because <laughs> life keep life in and i'm mad as shit because i can't get what i need to get done savor the moments right so you know as creators we have so many ways to record ourselves so many ways to write oh, yeah. things down put it in your phone write it on a piece of paper i've written shit on napkins i've done all of those things in order to make sure that the creative juices don't flow. Like I've had times where I'll be having a conversation with someone or be privy to a conversation between other people mm-hmm. and hear somebody say something. And then on the side, I'm writing down oh, man. A, a thought that came based on what they mm-hmm. said. And I have poems that have been written that way. Mm-hmm. I have um, concepts for screenplays that got written yes. that way. And I'm like, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, and then as they're going, like I'm changing things in the story for because to me because you know life doesn't make sense. No, and so I'm changing things in the story to fit the story that I feel like I should tell. That has the elements of the things that they were going through, but at mm-hmm. the same time feel like, hey, this is that thing right. that we need to do, whatever, whatever. So that's where I'm at with mm-hmm. that. So like you know, find find a way to write your things down and find a way to to save those things to come back to it later write it down on a napkin do voice memos i do voice memos on my phone when something will come to me like i'll be in the car and like these lines from a poem will come and i record myself on my phone you ever go Um, back to them 
I don't always go back. I don't always go back right away. And then I'll go back and like figure out ways that I might use that because it may not be a poem that it's going to get used and it might be in a screenplay right. that'll get used in things like that. That I'll use though that that mm-hmm. thought that came to my mind or those words mm-hmm. that came to my mind to use in one of those ways. Like that. Um, so that's something that you should do. Create every day, write, do something every day, write it down do every day. Pages, right, or... do morning pages. You know, create something as much as you can because it just makes your writing better, your your art better, things mm-hmm. like that. Even if you doodle on pages. Like I have a friend, my friend Dana, she used to doodle like in conversation. You'd be having a conversation with you, but she's doodling. Mm-hmm. Um, she would see a cover of a magazine, split it in half and put and draw the other half herself. Wow. Like Dana would do things like that. And That's to me, crazy. like that helped her to become a better writer. Yeah. I mean, not a writer, a better artist. artist, a better, a better everything. And, um, She's actually in um, Nashville right now. She has her own store. Nice. Um, she sells clothing and things like that. So she's awesome. She's a really good artist in that way. She still draws. She still do, does all those things. But like those little things used to make me say like I'm not doing enough. When I would see her do the do do, do her art, mm-hmm. it's like I'm not doing enough to uh, cultivate yes. my art. I'm not focused enough because if she could take the time to do these little things, I can take the time to do my yeah, little things, definitely. things like that. So good yeah. Time. All right, so um, moving on to number four, um, you have to give up the notion of always being in the mix. Yeah. Guess what? As a creative, you don't get to be in the mix all the time. It ain't gonna happen because <laughs> if you, you are right, <laughs> if you're gonna be um, a part of the the creative process and you want to, to create, be space to create exactly, and time and space is so important in regards to creating. Um, because you have to, you have to be able to cultivate this art in times where there's a party, mm-hmm. there's a, this event, there's a concert, yeah. there's a, th- all the things that you generally have to do in life and things that you want to be able to do. You have really? to say no to a lot of things to give yourself the time and space to create every day, mm-hmm. create something all the time. You have to be able to give your t- yourself that energy to do those things and not be in the mix of what's happening. Right. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's something very important. That yeah. we need to, that you need to know that you know you cannot be in the mix, and you cannot be. There's times where people are like, "Yo, I haven't seen you in a minute." Yeah, because yeah. you know I have some things I need I to focus. take care of. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it takes a different level of focus, Definitely. and you know, um, sometimes it means pulling away from friends, pulling away from mm. family, pulling away from you know being so involved at work and things like that to um, hone that creativity and hone that skill and make it something that later on you're able to to be a part of and yeah. and 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 share with those people who felt like oh you've been gone i haven't seen you in a minute i get that all the time of, oh yeah yo where you been tasha where you I'm been like, mm, home work <laughs> i got so many things going on if i could explain to you why i'm not here you wouldn't I understand got the time I don't have the time all the time to be, you know, in the spaces that you are in. Um, like recently I've had to like take a pause out of life in general. Yeah. Um, because I had a, a concussion mm-hmm. and I have been living with the after effects for today makes 52 days Jeez. that I have had a headache, literally a headache that has not gone away for 52 days. So 
aside from going to the doctor and getting medication and going to this doctor and getting CT scans and this mm. thing and that thing and all the things like I've had to like pull away from a lot of things because my brain right now needs time to heal from yeah. this concussion because it was more severe than originally thought. And it. so it was um, a lot to try to go through. And like I have a lot of like light and sound sensitivity still. I have um, just, you know, it, it it will start in the morning at a seven, drop to a five, mm-hmm. and then three o'clock in the afternoon, it's jumped to a 10. And mm-hmm. like, I've had, you know, Regulator. bouts of, right, I've had bouts of confusion and things like that because my brain, it just needs time to heal. And I, I just really need, to, need to, to do that. Right. And so it's been time that I needed to take to rest, but it has also pushed some things in my mind and when I'm not in the middle of people and not in the middle of a lot of sound and not I can't be around a lot of people because mm-hmm. the sound of a lot of people talking at one time is probably one of the worst oh, ways that my stressful. headache goes. It makes it sh- makes me very stressed out um, because of the sound sensitivity. Oh, yeah. um, so I can have a one on one conversation, but I can't have a conversation with like three people. It's too many voices yeah. at that point. Yeah. You double that. Like I went to a conference for work and I was in agony through the entire conference because even though people, the speakers were speaking after mm. the speakers would be done and we're moving on to the next thing, everybody would start talking at the same time. Oh, and gosh. I'm in a room of 400 people. No, and we can't the sound, do that. It, it was so, it was a lot. And I just had to sit there and try to like focus and concentrate and like meditate in my mind <laughs> to get rid of the sound. And like, it was just a lot. It really, really, really was a mm. lot. Um, So, you know, um, sometimes you got to not be in. So um, we're going to move on number to five. number five. Find a creative space to share with other creatives. That's kind of self-explanatory. It is. But, you know, there's different things out there now. Creative working spaces, co-working spaces. Yeah. Um, there are things like The Wing that is popping up every, in mm. all their major cities. Um, a space for women to women creatives to be um, together and people to collaborate and things like that. Um, there's also spaces and um, um, co-working spaces that like people like smaller companies have made things like that. We oh, can be cool. in the same room who, you know, tech creative spaces yeah. and writing creative spaces that people allow you to collaborate right. and things like that in those rooms. Um, find conferences to go to find um, or for the line of work that you're trying to get into creatively, mm-hmm. what your creative thing is, go to conferences, go to um, events that they're having. It may not be in your city. It may not be in your town. The closest. Find some place that works mm-hmm. for you. Um, or online. Right. Online. There's plenty of like online um, things that you can get into classes, things like that. Like tomorrow I have a photography online class that I'm taking at, uh, I think it starts at 12 tomorrow. Nice. And, um, just to learn how to make your pictures more crisp and things mm-hmm. like that. Photography is very important to me. It's one of my outlets, one of the things that I have started to get into over the years. And it's one of those things like I really want to focus on and make that something that's very major in my life. So I'm going to take this class. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to collaborate and work with these other people to try to make right. this thing work for me. Um, I have tried to collaborate with photographers in Richmond and that has not worked out well for me. Yeah. Um, it has been 
like pulling teeth with some people and then some people feel like they are where they are and you need to get up to their level kind of oh, thing gosh. if i was on There's your level i would talk up. to you on your level but i'm not there yet and i'm trying to master yeah, some things and i want to learn um my photography right now to me is good but it could be better there's things that i want to learn things that i want to you know be able to tell you there's things about my camera that i could not i don't have the verbiage for what that right. thing is but i know how to do it right. i know how to make it work for me um so just learning the verbiage learning you know what it actually means to like aperture and all of those oh, things yeah. and That's iso not, and all, all those that. things that happen <laughs> like i can explain to you like how i do it on my camera but there's actual verbiage for those things there's actual um um trainings for those things oh, yeah. and i want to start to get into the point where i can use the proper verbiage when i'm talking about it what instead of being like no nah, let me just show you what set. i do right it's a skill set you yeah. just got to learn that skill set so that's what i'm trying to do um so find what works for you, what is in your field of creativity, people who have mastered this thing or people who are learning as well. Get on board with those people. Get on board with what they're doing yeah. and try to, you know, find that space for yourself and then go from there. Um, number six, Jay. Number six. Stop expecting your family and friends to be your biggest supporters. That's pretty self-explanatory. I think a lot of people like, oh, like... Now, my friend, my family doesn't support me around here. You get a lot of, oh, you know, nobody supports you until you get big somewhere else. And it's like, stop expecting the same people to like buy your stuff all the time or be the ones that are going to support you because there's an audience for you. And the family is not necessarily the audience for your art. It'd be great if they do and they support you. But if they don't, don't beat yourself up or not create because the people in your immediate circle don't get it. They're probably not going to get it just the way right. it is and a lot of people um like we have facebook twitter instagram for our podcast mm -hmm. and i could probably name a few people that i know that know about it or There's have shared people. it or have been in it's contact with us right with, with what we're doing <laughs> i'm surprised he was like oh i heard your podcast and i was like where did you how was it <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things like i have i have some people who have been like true supporters from the beginning and then i have people who are like now starting to come on now yeah. starting to come to those things and it's kind of like we know we've been doing this for a while we've been doing this all of 2019 yeah. almost like, all of 2019 yeah, and we have we've, we've been spending some time really trying to like put some things out there get some people thinking trying to have conversation things like that yeah. um you can't expect everybody you know to be promoting your stuff and being out there like i know people who have never promoted me but when they them. need something they call and say hey can you take pictures for this event because i can't find nobody mm -hmm. else yeah. kind of things like i'm a last ditch effort and i don't want to i don't want my business to run where i'm the last ditch effort oh, you can't run so well. you know right so you gotta you gotta start thinking outside of your family and friends as far as where you're going to get your support from yeah. which means setting up websites setting up you know text message trails and things yeah, like that media. and social media right. and things like that you got to brand yourself in a way that you can't expect the family to be like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna support i'm gonna that's, do how many how big is your family i mean some of us have big families right but you you're trying to make money or that's if that's your goal if you're right. trying to make money you're you know you gotta push past just the immediate people around you mm-hmm all right. All right. Number seven. seven. Now, I have this written differently probably than you do. Okay. I call it the Dylan, 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 D
Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Or the believe in yourself as much as Dylan believes in Dylan, or as much as Kanye West believes in Kanye. The old Kanye love Kanye. Old Kanye, not new Kanye. New Kanye Kanye is confusion. Jesus remixes or something. I can't. You know, he still believes in himself somehow. He keeps doing it. So, you know, that is a lesson in itself. (laughs) Did you hear that he was going to change his name to Christian Genius Kanye West? Nope, we're not Diddy. We're not doing it. Mm-mm. I I'm said, even, what the man? No, I don't even. I haven't even heard. My brother made me listen to one song, and I was like, I could have done without that. It was like Kenny G with the clips. He was like, Yo, this is monumental. He got the clips together, and I was like, eh. Man, Kenny but but the guy with the, the one from the clips, he he was became a Christian, which is why he stopped rapping. Right. So now he got a he got a place to rap now. I no, guess. Kanye gave him a platform. Kanye gave him a number five. <laughs> Like, find your creative space. Kanye gave him a number five. You get on my nerves so bad. <laughs> that is rule number five is it find is, a creative space is, to share is. with other you're, creatives. You're right. You we are also absolutely said, correct. Stop accepting your family and friends to support and be your biggest supporters. But in this case, apparently, it worked for him. It worked for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are always God. exceptions to the rules. Apparently, because that's crazy. Yes. So. I think I, that's all we got to say on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and number eight is a study. Of, what you kind of said already? Study your craft. Study your craft. When I was talking do about your homework. looking at, yeah, do your homework on your craft because yeah. there's always this rule that people have that I think is very outrageous. If you want to write, don't look and read other writers because then oh, you start to emulate those writers. No. As far as poetry, don't listen to other poets because you start lie. emulating other poets and their cadence and their this writing and their and that. Because I was reading James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. People are like, oh, you sound like Nikki. Yeah, those are my, but you have to have, you don't have to, but those are influences. Mm-hmm. Those are reasons why I started doing something. It's like, oh, I saw somebody else was doing this. Or like I would listen to music and I knew my voice was lower and I would listen to like, oh, I listen to like Tony Braxton. There are women who have a voice that's low. So I was like, and that was one of the things about things. me. I always felt like my voice had a little huskiness to yeah. it. And I always felt like it was just not a voice that, like everyone hates to hear the sound of their own voice. It's something mentally it's that weird. it's, it, uh, it's they said, well, inside the sound of it inside your head versus how it sounds outside of your head. It's right. totally different. Right. Yeah. And like when I listen to myself, I always find you cringe like, a little. Yes. Everybody. Ve- very much. And so, <laughs> you know, like I'm not a person like I don't read a lot of poetry by other people. Um, when I, especially when I was like younger and writing yeah. more poetry, like I did not, I tried not oh, to look at it. it, but then, but then I realized you need to read other people's to. poetry because or just read period. You, it helps you find like the style that works for you, yeah. the way you need to express those things. And then, then, then some of the poetry has vocabulary that you've never used before. Right. So now it becomes there something examples, that you're like, the example, now you can, now you can taste that thing that you've been trying to say. And you just couldn't figure out how to get it out your mouth, but now it's on your tongue now. You See, have the words. I to did say with it. poetry what you did with screenwriting. So I would absorb like I think I started with like a, a dad gave like a James Baldwin book, and then my mom gave me like a Nikki Giovanni book, and I go to the library and I would pick up these people and see these things and I'm like, oh wow, like you can write about love and revolution, or you can write about this and mm-hmm. say it like this. Like, oh, I never thought these are these thoughts that I have, but I didn't know you could do that. But here is someone doing that, or you know, they say writers write. So, or writer, you should be reading. Writers read. Writers do write. But I think it's something about to be a better writer, you should read more. Right. So I feel like you should be absorbing. But you, you should be absorbing everything, though, because inspiration comes from anything. Right. And, like, for me, like, I literally, 
would be on the bus in New York and somebody would say a word. And yeah. I, don't know, I don't know that word. So I'll write it down, go look in the dictionary for that word. Now I know it's what that word means. And now I know now I know how I can use that word here. Um there was convers there's things where you've heard conversations like you on the bus or the train you hear people having conversations, you're like, No, that no. Like they're they're the way that conversation is going doesn't make sense. And don't just listen to the things that you like. Don't just listen. Like if you are, if you create hip hop, don't just listen to hip hop only. Like listen to some Debussy or listen to some jazz or some chill hop or something. Like yeah. never like you need to expand your horizons and learn what what this is and what it's about and see how and, other and, people do it. Right. And your craft is not specifically based in your genre. No, go to Please the art understand museum. That. Like go yeah. like, I, I want to say this is one of the elsewhere. rules. Like go on an artist date. Like go to the library, go to the museum, go walk in the park and just absorb the world around you and that's where your art comes from it's not just the one thing right even though you have a genre that you're in don't let that be the box that you're in because outside of your genre one thing and something else that creates a whole tidal wave now you've like created like you you created a new niche or a new genre right and you just need to find something like your creativity cannot be specifically solely based in the genre that you've chosen to delve into there's things like you know, like musically, I am all over the place musically. Jay is all over the music, oh, all over the place musically. Like there's things that we share with each other and we're like, oh man. Like Jay was like hype about this incantation that she was telling me about the oh, other day. Man. Hype about it. And I was like, oh, I got to find this thing because I, gotta, I need to see what she's, <laughs> what she's hearing. So I want to hear it for myself. And then when I did hear it, I was like, oh no, that was dope. I like it. I really yeah, did. It's, it's and it was like prayer. one of those things, like it was one of those things where you had to like listen and like really know. You have to listen to and that. And like for me, because I come from a musical background, I played violin, I played piano, see, I played all those classical. things. So a lot of those, like you can hear the thing like the themes in the music, you can hear the like the direction where it's going. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're musical, you can hear those things that maybe not to say that Jay didn't hear those things, but it'd be a different way to hear it for oh, me. Man, there's this girl I saw at the um oh what is that called the jam sessions that they have on mm-hmm. Mondays, and I was like, I've never been able to go because oh, Mondays man. are a terrible day for me to it go. It is out a bad overnight. day, but if you can go, let me know and I'll come with you. Yeah. It's such a dope. There's this girl who's there, and I was like, when she sings, I came in the room the first time, and I was like. Is this? <laughs> she started singing, and her voice sounds like an old church lady mixed with gospel, like gospel and classical, and a little bit of like, um, what's the girl's name from? Um, oh, Brittany Howard. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I got to talk to her like maybe a few weeks ago when I was in there, and I was like, "Yo, I hear all these things in your voice, and it's just so like the first time I heard her sing, the room did, they didn't know what to do when she was done, and not that right. That's bad. how my friend Jamila is. My other she friend, she is so amazing. My I'm just other like friend, in Jamila. awe every time I hear. I'm like, I'm your biggest fan. Oh my god, your voice is like has like history in it. Like you can hear it. <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah, like I grew up in the church. She's a classical music t- a student at VCU, and she loves Brittany Howard." And I was like, "Me and some, like, me and Jess went." And like we heard all of these things in her voice. But if I had never heard classical music, if I had never grown up in a black church, I wouldn't know what it what is. That it was, yeah. yeah I wouldn't, wouldn't be able know to recognize the elements, yeah. Because like my friend Jamie Silvera, she's very. Oh, I've met. Yeah, yeah, her you voice know Jamie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Jamila Silvera is one of those people who are. She's, she's not like anybody you've That's ever right, heard. Plus, we got the same name, so right, right, right. Probably the same tribe. <laughs> right, so yeah. My friend Ashley introduced <laughs> me to her, and she's one of the homies. I, I, I really love her music. 
her as a person in general, she is so fun to be around. <laughs> She's one of those people that you just really want to hang around. Like any chance you can get to hang around her, you want to be around her. But she's also like musically, she has a lot of these little elements of a lot of different things. Oh, and like it's hers. Like nobody else is going to sound like, like her and nobody else is going to do what she does. But Jamila is also an artist. Um, she does a lot of um, drawing, print art, things like that, painting, mm-hmm. and she just did an installation for the movie Harry for Harriet. What? So she did one that they used um, for their promotions and things like nice. that. So she's one of those people who is multifaceted and has a lot of of just creativity in her aside from her music and she has art she's also a teacher so there's a lot of things that she's given the world and it's one of those things where you just feel like yo i'm not doing enough oh man like when you're around her you feel like yo i'm not doing enough i'm not doing what i should be doing i'm not getting myself to where i need to be and so you know she's one of those people that when i'm around her i always feel that push to do more do better when i see her do work i always make sure i shout her out promote what she's doing because i feel like she is an underdog in the business that is so commercial Mm -hmm. but if you really take the time to pay attention to her and what she's doing you can see that it's so beautiful and so needed and so so different than what you're used to seeing. So that's why I always make sure I try to put her out there, like promote her stuff on social Peace media, things back. like that. For that very reason, the same thing with Dana. I always try to like push, promote anytime she has events, things like you that. You never know who's looking for that. Somebody's right. looking for what you're creating, right? And I'm like, please don't be afraid to express yourself and to just put it out there sometimes because you never know from the strangest, weirdest corners people are looking. Like, and with the internet, like you never know. Your platform somebody is so wide is and broad with for the internet. Stuff. Yeah, and you just need to put it out there because somebody will find it. Is it going to be in your timeline? Probably not, but they will find, find your it. tribe. And if you don't put it out there, like there's some people I've heard like, oh, they didn't want to sing. They were never going to sing. And I was like, can you imagine never hearing this now? Like, I can't imagine that you would have never put that out. But you right. know, and there's I think a lot of artists like that. There's a lot of things like I do. to put it out. And people, the people that you think they're only stuck in one, like they're only writers, they're oh, only no. this. You find this out when what, you spend time. You <laughs> right. This is this is what you were exposed to. Oh, yeah. This is how you got into their realm. But however, there's people who do Art Yo, I never wanted to ways. be a poet. I started doing poetry because it was safe because I had been writing for so long, but I wanted to sing mm-hmm. and I was afraid to sing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I, I had this paper in my hand. I could read from this. This is safe. Like, so. <laughs> and then I, started, then I started doing poetry with songs in them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, if I'm comfortable with this, maybe I can introduce this. And that's right. how I started doing that, which is funny because not a lot of people do that, but I did it because I was scared as fuck. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, for me, like poetry was just a way for me to find a way to outlet all the feelings and things that I had I going on. I started as a story writer too. Right, and and I wrote stories. I did all that, but but the poet poetry itself started with me listening to older poets and like Gil Scott Heron, like mm-hmm. all like all those kinds of, like older poets and like because I am an avid 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 pbs watcher like i've been watching pbs since i was little i will continue to watch pbs till i die um and they would have these things like late nights they will put these different things on that they wouldn't usually play during the day but it was something that it was like um 
music and things oh, like yeah. that. Like they would have these those little Austin things. City yeah. Limits shows. I love those. Oh man. I would come on like, is anybody else watching this? Yo, this is amazing. <laughs> like there's so many people that you're like, yo, they are amazing. But I found myself, you know, around 11, 12 years old, like frustrated because I couldn't say what I wanted to say because I was starting to understand like the political climate. I was starting mm. to understand the social climate and things. This is like um, right after post crack epidemic and, you know, having friends whose parents who had gotten caught up in that life, whose family had been caught up in that mm. life. I had uncles who went to jail because of that lifestyle and things like that. And, having all these thoughts about it but feeling like I could not say them out loud. But you should. At the time I felt oh, like no, I couldn't. No, you couldn't. At the time I felt like I couldn't say it out loud because people would be like, oh, you're only this age. You shouldn't have a thought about that. You shouldn't have an opinion about that. And so I and and then and that was the same time I had started like around eight, nine years old when I actually started to pay attention to the national anthem and the words mm. of the national anthem, I started to feel like this shit does not apply to me. Oh, the heck no. And so... It was a, I stopped saying the anthem when I was like eight or nine. I was like in third grade and I was but, like... We had different parents. I'm done. My parents and my mom, like, my mom was upset about it. She was like, why what? would you not? Because you're going to get in trouble. She oh, was no. More on the, she I was, was the only the kid standing of, there. She was, she was on the aspect of you're going to get in trouble for not doing it. And I had to like my come back. My parents were also like kind of like... The revolutionaries, so right, right. <laughs> my mom, my my mom is an immigrant, and she's just like, like, Lord, don't give him another reason to look at this house. No. We already immigrants, and we ain't citizens, and we ain't got all this. No. So don't do that. And my parents so, worked for like the Amsterdam News and stuff like that, and yeah, my dad was like a young lord. So it's like, like, like we had like those kind of things, like that di- dynamic that we had in the house and all those things. So it was kind of my mom was like, don't give them a reason to kind of look at us even more yeah. because we're not citizens. We're here on green cards. Do not mess this up for us. And I think, you know. My stepfather didn't I, care. I don't think, I think I he think, was here in a green card. <laughs> I think my mom was more like a don't give yourself a reason to stand out yeah. even more than you already do. He was about to fight the power. And she was. was and, and, and Later on, my mom was. But was like I think at the time. Right, right, right. <laughs> at the time, I think my mom was still trying to figure out her niche in the world and figure okay. out how to. So just know, don't, don't, ups, don't upset things. Tasha. Right, don't mess it up. <laughs> don't do and that. And so when I got to third grade and I was like, you know what? I'm not saying a national anthem no. anymore. Screw that. I'm over it. I would like maybe say spaghetti or watermelon or something sometimes so I wouldn't get in trouble. But after a while, I was just, then I stopped standing altogether. I <laughs> put my hand over my heart. Oh, I no. didn't do all of that. Mm-hmm. And then, then I got to like um, junior high and I was like, I'm not standing up for this. So it happened with me in church too because I would read a lot. So I was like, I had asked questions and then people couldn't answer my questions and I would go home and read the Bible for myself and I was like, the Bible didn't say that. Hey, right, right, what right. What is right. this? Well, hey, what hey guys, this? Um, the Bible, um, that's not biblical. When no? I started with the that's not biblical, that's when I was getting in trouble. Oh, then my parents but, had every holy book in the house too. They were like, read here. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. information. Right, which some people do not like, but whatever. Um, but I, 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 I'm happy that I was exposed to all of those things, and I was exposed to 
readings from other places and as I got older and had more access to things I was able to read like the holy pibby and I was mm-hmm. able to read the Quran for myself and I was able to read the Bible for myself we had a and, book of Mormon in our house. and <laughs> I, I've read some of the book of Mormon yeah, I've read the, the <laughs> I, I read the um we had one of the oh, well I had one I don't know if my mom knew I had one but oh. I had one um and I and I've read all of these things and I had to find <sighs> you know, my own space and ways to say the things about how I Mm -hmm. thought about, you know, spirituality and God and the concept of all of those things for myself. I had to come up with ways to verbalize those things and having those books allowed me to do that and reading Rumi and all of those things and like other poets, like ancient poetry was very important to me for a very long time. I spent a lot of time reading Rumi. I spent a lot of time reading like, you know, Archimedes and all these things Mm -hmm. that people used to write in and, and, understand like where they were coming from because a lot of the things can be brought into the realm of today and mm-hmm. still be relevant um so like finding that and honing that and studying those things allowed me to be the writer that i am today in the genre that i am today um am i still a poet i still consider myself a poet i still consider myself a a a writer of poetry do I write poetry every day? No, no, but do I appreciate poetry every day? Yes. Sure. Do I have things to write poetically? Yes. Sometimes. Have I shared those things with people? Nah. No. Um, even though I'm at verses, I work the door, I do all the things behind the scenes that people don't know that I'm doing. I feel like people are always asking me, so when are you gonna do a poem? And I'm always like, Hey, like mind your business. See, that's a that's pressure. I don't like that pressure. It's not fair. Yeah. I just need to be sometimes. I just want to be around creativity sometimes. Right. Not have to always deliver. Right. And I don't want to give. I appreciate you thinking a poem. that I can do that. Right. I don't want to give you a but poem sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. I don't Why? want to give you that. And then some poems that I have that I want. To, <laughs> like, there's, some, there's sometimes where I want to read, <laughs> but sometimes a poem that I want to give is not doesn't fit the space that we're in. Well, the energy on that is night. not right. The energy, right. The energy is off or something like that. And I feel oh, you're that now. Right. The energy is not right. The energy is like not right to give that. So I feel like I gotta, you know, not. I can't give it but I have poems that I've written I have had rebuttal poems that I've written Mm -hmm. I've had like all kinds of stuff that I could give but I'm not in that space I'm not in that space right now um right now my focus is writing these screenplays and getting these things out so you know next year is year 39 for me oh my gosh numbers lord have mercy hey mercy and so i feel like it's time for me to start putting my stuff out there in on a more a bigger scale because I've had the opportunity to go on a bigger scale once before but I think at the time the timing just wasn't right for it there was a there was a network that was interested in the story that I that they read that I had done and they were interested for like a year year and a half about me writing this story and trying to get it to them but it just felt rushed it felt pressured it felt a lot of things and it just was not right for me at the time and so you know right now i think i'm in a place where i can accommodate those things and i can it's time yeah it's time to get the writing out there i think i've written well enough at this point i've studied and i've gotten my writing to the point where i found like apps that help me write better screenplays so that they fit the they fit the 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 outline of what they should look like um and i think i've written a couple stories here that have been um 
I think work through. Um, I'm a type of person that I'll write it and I'll act it out myself <laughs> to make sure it makes sense. Make sure that the the conversations make sense. Make sure that is what somebody would else would say. And then I replay situations that are similar that I've heard conversations of. And I'm like, okay, dialogue. The good. dialogue is good. The dialogue Realistic. makes sense. The 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 story arc makes sense and those kind of things. And that's why it's taken me so long to get to the point where I'm ready to put it out because I literally had to study and watch other films and watch other things that have gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, this is where my story is. How do I get to the next thing? How do I do it? Mm. Um, I have um, some conferences that I want to go to next year. Jay and I were talking about doing a podcast conference, Mm -hmm. going to figure out how to, you know, rebrand ourselves in a way that other people get to hear us more and people are more engaged, um, things like that. So we can have that level of engagement with people. And then also I was thinking about going to a writer's, um conference in LA for a week um do it I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I think I I think I've promised myself that enough times where I'm like nope it's time to do it um and then you know a photography thing I'm doing tomorrow and tables being shaken enough to make it time yeah yeah that's that's the vision I have right now So I'm getting there. I'm getting there with the, all it's the time. things and the, the different ways that I want to create different things, different stories that I want to tell. I think I want to be able to do those things uninterrupted and not feel. And but I also want to be in spaces where I'm being taught a right. better way to do it. Um, but I also would like, you know, I would like to be able to focus solely on those things right now in my life um but unfortunately you know i have a nine to five or eight to five rather and um you know eventually that will be phased out so that i will be completely focused on these creative ways i used to work in this and such and such and such they're like but 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 even though i'm not gonna work in the industry that i am in right now i know that if i were to give it up to fully focus Mm -hmm. on this creative side of myself mm-hmm. i all also know that i'm going to work in that field in not in a i work here kind right. of way but i will volunteer there i will right. give money to there i will do those things to make sure that those things function in a way that the people in my industry are getting what they need the kids that i work with get what they need and that they are taken care of in that way i like it sounds like a plan that's what i'm gonna do good stuff i have no plan for my creative life no i'm starting to write more i was trying to get into some freelance writing Mm -hmm. see if i can do that inside and creating the butters and such get back into that just branching out into different areas i don't know about the writing i was looking at um one of our friends is a poet he gave me a book and he signed it and it was like i hope this inspires you so i was like oh you know what maybe i'll start studying poetry again for a minute and just see where that goes because i haven't been saying things lately that probably need to be said i'm not sure what the medium is for that mm-hmm. we'll see mm-hmm. i'll play around i got you i got you but we you know we're gonna make some things happen but we shall. for all the creators out there please understand that you are not alone in this journey this you is a not. journey that you will need other people this is not a journey that you can go on by yourself no this is a journey that you need to take the time to cultivate this is a journey that you need to take the time to study time to find your tribe within this 
whatever genre you mm-hmm. have show- chosen. Um, this is one of the times where you get to make the decisions of how you express yourself to the world. And please take do the it. time to do that. Please take the time please. to take it seriously. Somebody wants to um, hear it. Yes. What you it. have to say is so important. important. So and important. honestly, it can save somebody's life that if you so give your version true. of the world. Sometimes what you're doing is not for you. If you yes. think it's for you, it's not, not for you. you. It's not about you. And sometimes the, the things that we write um, as poets, as writers, these You're are things that, for somebody right, else. It's exactly, this is a message that's not for mm. us, but it's a message that needs to goes out, go out to the world. I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh man, you did that poem, I needed to hear that. And I was like, word? Right, okay. right, 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 right. I didn't right. want to do it, but cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, like the, so that, the, that it switches it up. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, it's, like, not, it's not about me. When I first started doing the, the poem Purple, it was a poem that I just needed to get out of my system. Right. I got it out of my system. I said it. And then other people was like, yo. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is, <wrong> with <laughs> what is happening? And it was, it was so weird. And, you know, there's a couple other poems that I have done that – um i've done in other spaces and people were like yo i needed to hear that mm-hmm. um i have a poem that i did literally was based on an eve song <laughs> it literally you never that know is, where inspiration comes it's so weird <laughs> that it, it was based on a song that eve did and it wasn't even the song it was the hook of the song sometimes you know and at the time i was reading um so back in the day my cousin his parents have got him the it was like basically the black version of the encyclopedia britannica what? but it was it was called the african i can't even oh remember. i think i saw those yeah so it was the african we had the white ones whatever those were. it was a brown covered mm-hmm. bound book or whatever and he had this these books and one of the ones that, that i took and never man. gave back had the story of Sundiata in it. And oh. that story is one that I would love to tell. But then as I was thinking about it, like I got to figure out a way to write this thing. Then I hear that um, Kugler and uh, Michael B. Jordan are doing it. Really? They're working on it right now. And I was like, damn it. I wanted to do that. I mean, but you know then, how many different stories there are about different people? You could always do a different view. Right, right, right. So like it was three one of those Nina things. movies came out in one year was, and none of them are the same. <laughs> Some of them were trash. I don't think I even saw those. But, th- but that was like the, a story that I wanted to tell, a story that I felt like I could tell. And the book though. the book itself gave me like places in Africa I had never heard of. Mm, yeah. And the, like the encyclopedia volume, it's, it's probably like maybe 200 pages in that whole book. Of course. And it gave me like things that I had never known, things I never heard of. People I've never heard of, like King of Champong. Who? Who was that? Don't know. And I didn't know who that person was until I read that book. Okay. Um, like presence. all of these things, and I was like, who? Who are these people that they don't teach you in school about in oh, Africa? Man. And so that was going through my mind. I'm reading it over. He's like on Reconstruction. He was like, America's a sham. Oh, it's been a sham. The anthem don't even slap. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang out with nobody who don't read. Like he is on this kick right, right the now. The thing about it, but but it's good because it like I'm I'm a history buff. Oh yeah. Um, I had enough credits in school to basically have a whole nother major in history. Uh, but a whole I chose other not major, to, not a minor, but no, a major. a major. I could have declared a history history as my major. I like the stories of um, history, but not the history of history. I don't like history of history. Like the, when you start hearing that, like the real history and uh, not the history that they kind of gloss over in school, oh, no. you realize it's some bullshit. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, some bullshit and you go what the fuck 
Right. So it's all um, a scam. Like Ken Burns, all of his documentaries give you like the real shit. I don't know if I've ever watched those. You gotta watch. Like Ken Burns is one of the most prolific documentarians out there, and he has studied and researched and gotten real stories. And he's one of those people that you really need to pay attention. Like when he writes. And the the dialogue for these documentaries, mm. he and his daughter work together, and they they are ones where you feel like once you get it, you get it. You got it. You know what I I'm saying? Watch those like then. once you take a deep look, a deep dive into history, Ken Burns gives you a lot of reasons to deep dive into history, which is how I started to get into. Like I, I was already a history buff to begin with, but then but when now, he started coming out with buffier. like his yeah, a buffier. <laughs> You are correct. I'm buffier. <laughs> so when I have conversations with people about history, oh, you you can't tell me what I don't know. Oh man, I'm deep. I'm deep in it. I'm okay. deep in it. I will not test you. <laughs> I can't even start to test you. Funny, my stepfather was a history major at Columbia. Like, oh, he's get mad at me. Hey, I, I was. A, I'm, I'm bad I'm, at the I'm details. Buff. I'm a buff. I like. I, I, say, I, I like it. the stories of the but like when I got history, it's always like the timelines and all this American stuff. And I was like, where's the good stuff at? I'm really good at history is is important to me because you got to know where you came from. So, yeah, you know. but I took a lot of American history that was not interesting to me. No, and that's one of the things why, like, as creatives, you got to know histories. You got to know, honest, you got to understand. It like, itself. Re- it repeats itself. It also there are patterns that you have to follow, and mm-hmm. there are things that you need to know in order for things to make sense. And that's why studying your craft is so important because the the history of screenwriting you need to know that the history of movie making you need to know that mm-hmm. that's the genre you want to get into mm-hmm. the history of writing poetry how poetry like the ancients used to write poetry like things like that you got to know those things so you got to understand go to college for that you can right. self-teach yourself a bunch of this stuff right and then it's like to me like my next thing i'm going to read is the alchemist again because i think um. when i read it originally i was not prepared or interested in what it was actually trying to give and oh, so that's a that's 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 good. Right? So that's, good. that's one of those things. You probably when I should originally read, read it, it was like a gloss 17 over. minutes. Is it 17 minutes? Also by him, but it's like a woman's version. Mm-hmm. That's really good. So that's one of the things I'm trying to get into right now. I kind of feel like it's one of those things. Like I need to reread some things. Yeah. Um, I'm also rereading items about vulnerability and things like that. And that. trying to, but reading those things in order for me to write better. Like if, if this myself. person is 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 somebody that is vulnerable, how would they accept this information? How would they process this information? Mm. How would they do those things? So I'm reading a lot of things um, by Brene Brown on eleven minutes by Paulo Coelho. Okay, it's like a female version to me of The Alchemist. Okay, so I will look. I'll read into that, and then like you know, twice. and then of course, and then my my other thing is I want to be able to somehow incorporate the forty eight laws of power really? into something. You're so black. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel the like forty eight laws of power is something. Person you meet that thinks that they're smart is like you read forty eight laws of power. It's like that's the beginner stuff. And it's not stuff. for the reasons that people. I've think. never read the whole thing. I've only read the the titles for the chapters. Uh-huh. And then one day I realized that I knew all I of them. I highlighted the hell out of my book. Highlighted and notes on the side. It. I never read the whole book, but I've definitely read like through It's one of those books like laws. I feel like if you could create and have a them. series of like a series. Oh, and a uh, law for each series. And a, I mean, a law for each, each episode. Yes. I think that 
You yes. could show how that law makes sense. Because they don't and how work to together. It. No, some of them do. Some of them do, but they don't use them all at the same time. You can't use them all together no, to make something happen. They but apply what you can separately. Do, you definitely. can apply them separately, and then you can apply them as this is the first step, second step, third step. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're in, in sequence. But I feel mm-hmm. like if you could put that into write it in a way that the 48 laws of power are explained to people, but not in a, this is how you do it more like a drama setting of how this law will make sense for this situation. I think if I could figure out a way to write that thing, I'll write that thing that way. Hey guys, don't steal my idea. Um, Uh, or if you would like to collaborate on this idea, please, please hit me up. Um, but yeah, so that's where we are, but you know, um, just creatives talking about being creative and that's talking to creatives in you know ways to be better creatives <laughs> in this world. Um, Get yeah. some sleep that helps too. Also, yeah, you know, the brain rest time to a lot, right. put all like those things together. To, right, write your dreams down. Mm-hmm. Journal. Write it down. It makes it you know? makes it permanent. Um, so yeah, um, that's pretty much all I got to say, Jay. I think that's. I think we did good. I think we did all right. I think we did all right. So I appreciate, you know, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. We definitely do. Thank you for listening. Hanging on the stoop. Um, Let us know if you're listening. Yeah. Hit us up. Stoop Philosophy on uh, Twitter. Yes. Instagram. Yes. Oh, on on Twitter, we are. Stoop Philosophy. The philosophy is without vowels. Because somebody else had that. Yes. So we're a philosophy with no vowels. Philosophy part. P-H-L-S-Y. Yes. Philosophy. P-H-L. L S Y. Ooh, my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very visual person, but right now I can't see all the letters. I can't, oh my I can't gosh, take Jay. all the letters out. Oh but my I'm gonna gosh. have to hold on, rush hold, on, on hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna tell you exactly what it is. P-H-L-S-Y. Yes. Yeah? No. So it's no stoop S T O O P P H L S P H Y. For Twitter, so stoop. Oh, P-S-Y. Yes, okay. P-H-L-S-F, ah, S-P-H-Y. What is wrong with what? me? What? S-T-O-O-P. S-T-O-O-P. P-H-L-S-P-H-Y on Twitter, mm. on Facebook and um, Instagram. Stoop Philosophy stoop spelled philosophy. all the way spelled <laughs> out. Um, yeah, that's where we are. And I'm Kismet J on everything. That's K-I-S-M-E-T-J. Um, and this is Tasha and I'm Tasha and my, um, Twitter and, uh, Instagram are soul writer, S O U L R I G H T E R soul writer. It's a thing. Um, Facebook, you got to know me cause I don't be friending people. Cause I didn't even give you the Facebook information. I ain't going to give you the Facebook you me, cause that's my me. real name and I don't want hiding. all y'all to know all that, all my business. Mm-hmm. So okay. So, mm, you know, then. I don't be putting people, you know, I, I want, I'm very fickle about my Facebook, um, <laughs> um, only because I friended one person at work and now everybody at work is trying to be friends. Nope. And hey guys, I don't know you like I that. I never added my last two bosses. I ain't made friends like that. I'm not friends with you like that. Mm. And then they're connected this to people that I don't hang out with and now everybody nope. got access to me in some kind of way. I don't play mm-hmm. like that. You're so, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you, faces. right. You can, <laughs> like, my, my Instagram is private. Um, I have, you have to it. request a I'm friend. I'm not hiding. And I, I'm not hiding, but because of what I do for a living, because oh, I work with different. kids and inmates and things like I that. I just don't post that much. Oh, it's a little, you know, 
know I don't want everybody hitting me up after they get out of jail. So um, I don't have those issues. Right. I I have those issues. You know, I'm not there. I'm just a lot of running pictures lately. I'm doing a half marathon next Saturday. Hey, I've been training. You know, I'll be out there this time. I'm going to be out there to support you. you Not after I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out. I, I don't believe you don't because it was cold this morning when we ran. And Listen, I was like, when you get to the halfway mark, uh, then I'm coming outside. I ain't that, coming outside that's before. Smart. That. That's you smart. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm going to text you and so. be like, is you halfway yet? Oh, you can track me. Mm-hmm. They got a tracker. Yeah, I'll I will do that because last year, every year I've kind of come after and yes. you, like afterwards, like, oh, congratulations. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm like, nah, I should actually be out there at some point. It's cold. You my know? family doesn't even come. I don't think my mom has ever come to any of my races unless she was already at a 10K. Right. But like since I've been doing half marathons, I don't think anybody's ever come. So I am um go- going it's to for me. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I ran these miles. But I think so. I, I'm, I haven't been able to work out because of this stupid headache. So that has I just also started been doing a thing. boot camps too with uh I follow a girl uh, Candy Candace on Twitter. And um I did doing her boot camps, which I almost regret because sitting is a thing that does not feel good right now. No. <laughs> Stairs also right, do not right, feel right. good w- right once, now. Once I get this headache together and this headache But these gone, abs that I'm working on. Right. Because um, when I turn, when the big 4-0 comes in 2021, guess what? I'm going to be naked yeah. um, in Trinidad in for... Carnival for my 40th birthday. Okay, that's what I'm working on. So this yes. whole year of 2020, I'm going to be shedding and, you know, getting my muscular figure eating together. Like massage kale salads I'm going to end up looking like. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten so much kale lately. I don't even know why. That and like Irish moss and bladder wax yes, and spirulina. I sitting right here on the counter to smoothies. soak tonight. I don't know what's happening. I, feel, I realize like, oh, I'm that auntie now. You know, you start eating real healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, we gonna we, I'm trying to get my body together so I can be naked on the parkway. I'm gonna I do that. Be, I'm gonna be like forty is gonna be a year of you know I'm gonna Being feel naked. like like just, right right just I'm that. feel like Here Diana Ross. I'm coming out. <laughs> I want the world to know. Like I'm really gonna be out here. You know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see so this. So I'm I'm trying to get my body straight <laughs> so I can, you know, forty would be, you know, a year of, you know, I look Ooh, like my new um, place has a gym. Huh? My new place has a gym sweet, too. Sweet, I'm sweet. I'm working on these abs this winter. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> abs are made in the winter. Yes. And you gotta gotta work at them. So that's what I'm trying to do. So, you know, over the holidays, I'm trying not to overindulge. I'm trying to go to the gym and do all those yes. things. But once this headache goes away, I'll be able to focus a little bit yes. more. All that I can do at this point is walk. And that's you not. You can also visualize the lifting. <laughs> they say that works. Is it? Yeah. No, I, I, I need. Memory. Right. Once this headache gets to a point where it's tolerable or it goes away altogether, then I'll start going you back. You can also visualize that. Yeah. Um, I've been trying. This it's, is hippie it's, Jay it's, you're talking to now. Right. You know, all these medications that they have me on right now, there's a lot of anti-inflammatories and also other things. So it's kind of make a little things. Oh, everything nice. makes me sleepy. Everything makes me tired. Everything sleepy makes sleep. me ugh. So I'm at that point yeah. where, you know, I'm trying to get a balance. And once I get there, I'm back in the gym. I, I, yes. Yeah. Look forward to it. All right. So I um, appreciate y'all, you Thank know, you. allowing us to chat with you. Yes. Hit us up on the the social media platforms the across the board um we're available because y'all ain't going outside it's cold so you know all right, all right. y'all got time to listen to us let us know what you, you want know to listen hear. to us while you clean and doing whatever that's i do that when i'm driving and whatnot right 
when I'm going to the grocery store, I play podcasts instead. So holla at us. Y'all have a good week. Holla. Let us know how it goes. Anything you wanted to talk about, hit us up on the social medias and we will try to get your your thoughts across and try to get, you know, what our thoughts on what your topics are. Yes. And let us know. We shall be here. We'll be here waiting for you. All 30 of y'all that listened to it last week. Mm. Um, so holla at us. Holla. Peace. Peace. <laughs> so th-